This is a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club on Fubar Radio. Hello. Welcome to Fan Club on Fubar Radio. My name is Nathaniel Metcalf, and this is Nick Helm, who is. Uh, uh, who's currently calling me because he hasn't arrived yet. And as you oh. know... Um, I have sent... Oh, no, I've sent someone down to get oh, him. Oh, someone's, someone's coming. Because he called me as well. Um, Nick, Nick Hell went to France for the week, mm. last week, and uh, he was yet to show up. He vanished somewhere in France. He's very much the Stephen Fry for the fidget spinner generation. <laughs> um, but we've found him. We've located him much like Fry. He's come back. He's safe and sound. He's had to get across town from south. He's had to London. get across town from, from Waterloo all the way to Caledonian Road. Yeah. And as yeah. you know, is, is his tradition here. <laughs> yeah. So what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's burst in through okay. the door. Full, full of duty what's, free. What's going on? And, and he's okay. also got a DVD box set of duty free. What? Um, he's What's arrived. Going? What's been said? Where's my tea? Basically, you've and where's my water? He's missed. Is, is your mic even up, Nick? Yeah. What's fucking? He's here. What's fucking going on? Right. You've not missed much, Nick. What we've done is. Let's I'm pressing. Oh, I'm pressing all the buttons. Right. So uh, you haven't missed anything, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, basically, you haven't missed anything because, as is the tradition, if Nick is near on time, play I, play, song. I play a six minute <laughs> Julian Cope song. Is that what happened? Yeah, Natalie, yeah. can you come in here a second? Natalie was standing by. Uh, um, but no, it's been it's been absolutely fine. You've been in France. You've just come come back. You're in France this morning. We in a different different country. I, I was in a different. No, last night it was an overnight ferry. Ah, that's fine. Uh, nice. I got your present. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, I will have those, eh? Yeah. And I got, and I got the office some uh, biscuits. Oh, so I've got some Harry and Meghan special edition pure butter shortbreads. Yeah, commemorative for the royal wedding. Are these now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are for the royal wedding. They're, they're for the royal wedding. They're no longer. You got Harry and Meghan, and Natalie got uh, the Queen. Oh. But she's also got Harry and Meghan on there. That's probably worth more, actually, because uh, yeah, they, they famously now. hate each other now. Um, and why wouldn't you? It's a lovely gift that's been thrown back in her face, isn't it? <laughs> a lifetime of free money and no taxes. Do they pay taxes? So they that's do interesting. <laughs> It'd be pointless, wouldn't it? You just What's go the back point? out. You just like, basically put it back in your own pocket, <laughs> yeah. didn't you? What are you going to do? Spend it on tarmac in your drive? I reckon when they get change, when they buy something and get change, the Queen pops to the shop, gets some milk or something. When they give her the change from a pound coin, she probably goes, uh, "It's paying my taxes." Puts it back in her purse. She she takes the money. She's I'm just taking a selfie. Yeah, that's what she does whenever <laughs> she gets any money. That's the bloody queen. All right, she's funny to put in shot. I bet she does a bit of. Oh yeah, lot, she is funny. Quite a lot of uh, good, good bants. The queen. Has, yeah, probably. Yeah, I imagine. To all the shopkeepers and people oh, she yes. comes into contact with. I imagine. I imagine. She's probably got squeaky shoes, and she uh, says, "Did you just fart?" <laughs> that's the queen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, what a sen- great sense her. of humour What Liz? Yeah. Fucking yes Lovely sense Liz of humour Liz 2? Yes absolutely Liz the sequel What do you prefer Liz Did 1 or Liz 2? Did you see the sequel to Elizabeth? Liz 2? No I didn't What was it called? The, on, 
on Deadly Ground or something. It's called it, it, Elizabeth II on Deadly Ground. I think it would be called Elizabeth II, wouldn't it? But uh, that's a that's a different kettle of fish. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being surprised that a sequel materialised. I don't like missing the beginning of the show. <laughs> I feel very out of sorts. I feel very out of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> it's only the third time. Um, hang on, was there one time that I couldn't make it? There was one time where you couldn't make it, but we knew you couldn't make it. Uh, there's never been a time when I just haven't shown up, though, right? No. No, that's not happened. No. I'd remember that. You'd remember that, wouldn't you, Natalie? Yeah, she'd remember it as well if that had happened. But there was one time when I had That'd work. That'd be horrific. There was one time I had work, and uh, I was filming a Christmas thing for Dave in the middle oh, of the summer. yeah. So I missed the beginning then. And there was another time the other week. Wasn't you just, there was a time you just overslept. I just overslept. Um, <laughs> and then this time I've come from France. Yeah. So I'm not the worst human being in the world ever. No. no. Who's worse in Golden Fuba? Army, isn't it called Golden Army? Elizabeth, Golden Army. Golden Age. Isn't that, um, sounds like a Hellboy film. Uh, that's, um, oh. oh. <laughs> Who can be bothered with Hellboy? Have you seen her, Hellboy? Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah. All of them? Yeah, I've seen the new one as well. Yeah, and? It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. People are saying it was the worst film ever made. Oh, no, it's not at all. It's totally fine. It's totally yeah. fine. But it's like a three, three. It's like, like B-movies, aren't they? It's like a, this one especially so, I think. I think the first one, the first couple have slight pretend, because it's Del Toro, aren't they? And I think they've got, they try and be a bit, um, I think they're trying to be quite quality. By the third one, it's it's basically says, why don't make them like B-movies? So this is very much like a sort of, almost like it could start a sort of straight-to-video franchise version of them. Sure. But it's fine. That's like, a it's shame, because totally David, David Harbour. Is yes. That, is that his name? Yes. I only want good things for him. I don't really know. I don't watch Stranger Things. I didn't know him. I think Hellboy was basically he's, the first thing I've seen him He's in. good in Stranger Things. Uh, I think he, um, he probably deserved a bit. Uh, well, it, a bit. Well, that was a good, good thing for him, wasn't it? Hellboy, you would think? That's a good... Well, everyone says, aside from you, you're the only person that's, I've ever heard say anything remotely positive about that film. Ah, uh, that's silly. That's silly. I mean, that's like one of those but things people are where... Over, I, think it, I think part of the problem is that Guillermo del Toro wanted to uh, make a third one with Ron Perlman, and then they didn't... Want to make They that. didn't green light that. Yeah. But what they did do was they greenlit uh, this like a reboot um, from who, who's the director of Dog Soldiers oh yeah it is Neil Marshall Neil Marshall mm. weird I just don't know I can't work out why it's so hard for Guillermo del Toro to get films made yeah he wanted to do that Lovecraft H.P. Lovecraft uh, adaptation yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the Mountains, Mountains of, of Madness. Madness yeah and you know he didn't get he couldn't get Hellboy 3 made he's won an Oscar now for an English language film yeah Oh, no, and he can't, he doesn't seem to be able to get anything made. <laughs> but but he, he is part of the reason why um, the Hobbit films are so shit. Yeah, he pulled out in, like, over a weekend, wasn't it? He pulled out, so Guillermo del Toro was lined up to direct the Hobbit, there was going to be two Hobbit movies. Two, yeah, they split them two, I think, at the time. So there were going to be two Hobbit films, and so Guillermo del Toro was going to direct them, and he dropped out, and he gave Peter Jackson who literally wasn't going to direct it, he was just going to executive produce. And Peter Jackson said something like, it was something crazy, like a fortnight. Yeah, <laughs> no, it really to was. To prepare for it. They, so they, they was, there was some sort of weird funding, because I think because of, like, the, the Hobbit, I think, was owned by a different studio than Lord of the Rings was, so they had to do some kind of co-production. And then the filming dates moved by, yeah, like two weeks or something. 
And Peter Jackson, I think, was like, yeah, sounds all right. A couple of weeks. We'll just start well, a couple he, of weeks I, later. I don't think he did think that. I think he thought, fuck, we are absolutely fucked. There's no way we can do this. Yeah. So what they did was... Um, they had to go ahead because they basically, if they, if they pull the plug on them, it's almost like half of New Zealand are out yeah, of work. Uh, the, the, they had to do it for <laughs> A, New, New Zealand Tourist Board, and B, because, yeah, everyone in New Zealand was hired to work yeah. on The Hobbit. So uh, there's a documentary about it online. Well, it's really it's, like, it's fascinating. absolutely fascinating. It's better than The Hobbit. Like, watch that. Don't the, watch, don't the, watch I mean, The Hobbit. The three Hobbit films are terrible. Um, but, um, but the fucking documentary about it, they were like basically saying that when they made Lord of the Rings, they had, like, warehouses filled with costumes and armoury, and they'd been working on it for, like, years. They'd been, like... When they did The Hobbit, they didn't have anything. There was nothing. They didn't have any swords on standby or anything. It's kind of like they'd make it, and then they'd go, use that. And they'd just put it on film. And uh, there was... Andy Serkis was doing Second Unit. Have we talked about this? We've probably talked about this before. Uh, I've probably spoke to about it with other people. I don't know if I have spoken about it with you. It's one of those documentaries I find so fascinating. So Andy Serkis was filming uh, fight scenes on green screen. Yeah. Uh, um, but there was no plot or anything. They yeah. didn't know what they were filming them for. Well, that's the, the, they keep having a cut. The reason it gets to three movies is because they're kind of like assembling it as they're going. Well, the reason it was three movies, basically, was that it was going to be one movie and then two movies. And then all of a sudden they said, well, we're making a trilogy. And people are like, you're making a trilogy out of a 180-page book. What, what are you doing? And the reason for that was that basically... Uh, Peter Jackson uh, needed more time to plan what the last, what the, yeah, yeah. Uh, what the final battle was. So they had be. to keep just, just to, so they could shut down production so for they, a bit. So they were filming in a green screen, and it was just people with swords just waving their swords around at each other. There's and a they, bit in it where, and, and, they, and they thought, right, well, we'll just put this somewhere in the yeah. film. Well, as long as we've got something on on film, we're, you know, as long as we're filming stuff, we're we're, we're we're all right. And then and then Peter Jackson came and said, stop. Everything, stop what you're doing. Watch the footage. This is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I've had two weeks to prep a nine hour trilogy. Um, I can't do this anymore. Uh, so let's just have a break. We'll end the second one with uh, Smog, and then, uh, and then it will give me like a couple of months to plan at least what the final battle will be like. And in actual fact, I think the third one is the best one. Because it feels like it. I mean, it was the I can't only. Remember it. They're all shit. But the third <laughs> one, I tell you what, the third one has a battle in it, and it is possible to follow what is going on geographically. You know, it's kind of like you go right, and and I didn't know that when I saw it, but when you watch it back, you go, yeah, this one feels like the only one that's actually been planned. Right. All the others feel just like we're throwing shit at a wall. Oh yeah. It's nine hours. You they're know. all like them in barrels and things, aren't they? Going, oh, oh, it's uh, fucking uh, awful. It's just fucking awful because <laughs> none of it's real. It's all. Also, it was done in that weird um, uh, HD kind of thing. Uh, it was like, was it 50 frames a second? Right. And uh, when you watched it, it looked like you were watching 1980s Casualty. Yeah, it looks like kind of camcorder footage, didn't it? Yeah. I got really used to it, though. I think it probably is something that's kind of it. quiet. No, but I can see, like, I think it, it's because your, your eyes are so. Like, you're just not prepared to look at it. It's not what films are. Imagine Casablanca being like that. Yeah. There's this sort of, like... Grain in it. There's a grain, but there's also kind of, like... um, It's kind of an ethereal quality to film, Mm. where you're kind of, like, watching stuff... It's like you're watching stuff through treacle. Mm. You know, it's all, like... Or through uh, stockings. Uh, do you know what I mean? It's like there's this, there's this sort of like uh, effect that film has when it's 24 frames a second. 
that um, that when you start fucking around with it, it doesn't feel like a film anymore. It doesn't mm. transport you. You're there going. I don't think it helps with films that are also completely like nothing's really happening on screen. That's what it was in that documentary. There's that bit where there's two, there's basically two blokes who are like in the green suits, like Kermit the Frog, who are just whacking each whacking each other with a green stick. And someone goes, the doc, guy making the documentary is like, oh, what's this for? And Peter Jackson's like, I don't know. <laughs> just, just sitting these two blokes well, sitting Ian, each Ian McKellen loved making Lord of the Rings and he fucking hated making The Hobbit. Oh, did he? It's just kind of like kind of makes sense. he was not he wasn't acting with anything. Yeah. And it's just kind of like when you watch the bit with the barrels in the first one, it's just like the fucking how many how many how many dwarves are there? There's like twelve dwarves and they've all got speaking or they're all meant to have speaking but it's just like, you can't fucking keep up with who the they don't introduce they're all annoying. Do you know what I mean? And it's just kinda of like it's this fucking what what a crazy fucking film. Uh, hated it. Hated all three of them, really. <laughs> And it was it was it was ter- it was a sort of like um, uh, trying to go back out with uh, a, a wonderful girlfriend, and then or partner, and then realizing, oh, they were actually quite annoying. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like it's like it's like it's over. So stop digging up. It's rose-tinted glasses. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm surprised they get. To, to be honest, because they're not really like vilified those films, are they? That yeah. people see. I don't think people remember them. No, I think everyone's sort of like, yeah, they're all right. Uh-uh. But actually, they sort of deserve like they they deserve a bit of scorn. Really, they're not very like considering. Think, like I know people loved Lord of the Rings. They're such an odd little. I don't think that people think that they're all right. I think people don't think about them. Yes, I think that they. That I think that they happened. I don't think I've thought about them since I saw them at the sure. cinema. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And except for when I saw that documentary, and that documentary is. I like I like it when you think back on films that were kind of a big deal at the time, but no one they've just gone from public consciousness. Nobody was, mentions them. No. Films like Dick Tracy, I always think are funny. It's just that thing where, like, they just go, don't they? Dick Tracy is incredible. It's a great film. It's such a fucking good film. Um, that was I watched the thing about Daylight this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you go, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone made a disaster movie <laughs> in the mid-90s. And it's kind of like, nobody really remembers that. Yeah. Um, it's funny, I'm always surprised, like, some things just stay... And they're just around forever, and some other things are just like. But Avatar, just come and go. Do you know what I mean? Exactly, that's a great example. Avatar, the biggest. What is that? Still, it's probably not. No, it's not. Avengers overtook it, I think. But, the, but it was yeah, up until it was, then. It was, yeah. Avengers overtook it. The biggest film of all time was Avatar, and not one. But I don't. I would be. I think once I bumped in, I was in Brighton, and I bumped into someone in the street, and they, uh, uh, a friend. I was with a friend and they were with a friend and our two friends knew each other. and We just sort of like made chit-chat. <laughs> she, it, it came up that her favourite film, <laughs> her favourite film was Avatar and I had to stop talking to her. I was just like... It, like what did you say? The you Last must, Airbender? You must, have, you must have only seen one film. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's fucking... If you've seen two films, then that would automatically be your favourite film. You know? Con Air. I've seen Avatar and Con Air. Well, then Con Air must be your favourite film. It's a great film. I've seen Police Academy 6 and Avatar. My favourite film? 
<laughs> obviously by default avatar it's just like so how many sequels are you making james five and Is then also then to take the next 10 years off so everyone's doubly forgotten about it i mean fucking like if you're gonna do a sequel do it straight away i'm waiting for the that's the old excuse isn't it waiting for the technology to catch up with my am- amazing imagination yeah all right phantom menace fucking hell um fucking hell the uh yeah the fucking well the thing is you know there's um there's avatar land at disney now oh yeah because it's a fox thing isn't it so they've built um so they've built this huge um there was like a like a safari land that they had in disney and they've adapted it to be avatar it looks to be fair it looks absolutely incredible right looks brilliant right but it's, <laughs> apparently there was a, 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 it opened and a dad took their kid to to the Avatar park. They went on all the rides, and at the end of it, uh, there's sort of like a gift shop, and the kid was like, "Oh wow, Avatar's a film as well." <laughs> <laughs> and you go, "Yeah, fucking hell, he's making another fucking f- yeah. it's four Avatar." Yeah, films. so there's kids now, yeah, that don't know, won't know. Yeah, what but kids that are younger than Avatar. There's gonna yeah. be another four. Fi- I mean. What's this? Oh. It's Avatar. You know. Uh, Avatar. Dancing with Wolves in space. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that, but it is. It's exactly Dancing with Wolves, isn't it? Mm. Great fucking movie. It's a great fucking movie. Hellboy, the Golden Army. Is that the second one? Have you seen anything this week? Have I seen anything? I've seen some films. Have I seen anything new? Uh, you're listening to uh, Five Star <laughs> Family Fun Star uh, Fun Size Fan Club. What have I seen? What have I seen? Let me give me a little. <clears throat> I have seen. Wrong. Wrong list. That's my better or worse list. I've seen. Oh, it's not radio. It well. It's not radio now. No. <laughs> no, but it, it was a funny start to the show, to be fair. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Fine. I watched. I've uh, got broad shoulders. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, have you got any deodorant? We've got a guest coming on, and I haven't. Um, I haven't showered today. What have I watched? I look awful. I saw Greed. No, you don't, Nick. Thanks. <laughs> saw Greed. No, you don't, Nick. Thanks. My pleasure. How was Greed? It's all right. It's quite polemical, so it's like trying to be... I had the same thing with this as I had with Vice, where it's like, it's so angry at his subject, it hates <laughs> Steve Coogan. Do you know what I mean? It's like so... It's It's a comedy, but it's like, it's trying to make a point about what a scumbag. What's Vice? Vice was the one about... Um, ah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Dick Christian, Cheney. Christian Bale. Yeah. So I, had, I, I think it's like that. So it has this thing where it's a comedy, but it's so angry. dislikes and angry that you sort of go, ah, oh, God. Who's, who's the top shop guy? Uh, Philip Green is who it's Mentally. supposedly yeah. based on. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. But, I mean, I mean, does he have the right to sue them? Uh, well, they never call him that. They, he probably has the right to sue us if we say it is. But, it's, but do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. it's like it's so obviously him yeah. that okay, right? So, so it's that. It's so like um, that, you, and it's really like it really does make a good point. And he goes, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, God, it's horrible, isn't it? What a what a world. Um, but a bit, you know, it's also doing that kind of winter bottom Coogan comedy, mm. whilst also trying to be quite polemical and tell you about how awful yeah. this person is. Is uh, Johnny Sweet in it? Yeah, is he good? Yeah, I mean, all those things, all those parts that aren't Steve Coogan are much smaller than the the uh, trailers always suggest because they're 
it's like this guy, this guy, this guy. It's like loads of loads of people showing up for sure. five minutes or whatever. Yeah. One of the other things is it has like it has a so part of it has this, this real life party thing where he's trying to have like pals show up and say how great he is. <laughs> and it's that thing where Winterbottom's obviously met people over the years that he knows. So there's a bit where you've got like Kira Knightley doing a video message for him and things. Mm. But I also think if you're one of those people, would you want to be associated even with a fictional baddie? So it's like Stephen Fry goes to his birthday party because he's Stephen Fry. And Stephen Fry plays himself at this. Sure. And it's one of those funny things where you go, it is like, it's also suggesting that you would go to this. <laughs> sure, but I think everyone is kind of like taking the piss out of themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a funny, it's a funny people, thing to agree to. People I love think. going to parties. They do. And people like meeting people. I suppose, yeah. And it, just because, you know, the person that's uh, hosting the party is an asshole doesn't yeah. mean that there aren't people that just want to go for a party. Just, just so I guess, yeah, nice if you're someone chat. saying, I'm going to fly you out to Mykonos for the weekend for my birthday, isn't it also you'd saying, probably be like, yeah, right? Isn't it also saying sort of like how superficial everything is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of. It's sort of crazy and sort of extravagant. and I don't go to parties of people at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I think often I'd probably be a bit more like, I might stay in. I might stay in. I, I, was, I went to that party the other week that you were at. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, you needed a passport to get... It was, it, I, yeah. was, I, came from South, I came from North London and I travelled all the way down to Brixton to go to Matthew Crosby's birthday party. Yes. But I didn't have any fucking p- picture ID to get into the pub, yeah, which I thought was thing. fucking insane. But I think it's so rough in Brixton that, you, that they just want to keep tabs on everyone. I don't think Brixton's rough anymore. I think it's It very was pretty gentrified. fucking rough, mate. It was pretty fucking rough. I got offered drugs three times when I was walking up the road, and five people shouted at me. And then I, I was it fucking... It was, <laughs> a guy followed me down the road. On, I, I walked from Brixton to Stockwell. Yeah. And a guy followed me down the road shouting at me down the street. And I was just like, fucking hell, this is what happens when you leave the flat. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but... Um, but I went, so I travelled all the way down to Brixton. Took me fucking ages to get down to Brixton. And then um, I travelled all the, I got there. I was really nervous because I wasn't sure who was going to be at the party and stuff. And I hate leaving my flat. And I hate, like, leaving the house or anything, right? And I certainly don't like going south of the river. And it was just like, fucking hell. I got all the way there. And then uh, I, got, I got to the thing. I, I got to the bouncer and I said, you know, I'm, he said, if you got any ID and I said I'm here for the party a private party upstairs because you still need ID and I was like I find so this I can't weird. come I in I don't and really said, understand this he said thing, you yeah? can't you can't come in without ID and I was just like thank fuck for that <laughs> 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 I turned around and I went home <laughs> it was just like brilliant I ordered myself a fucking delivery on the way and I was like brilliant night in stopped off at the off license bottle of wine fucking trousers down <laughs> In bed by midnight. It was fucking incredible. <laughs> um, but you know, that is a mad thing. Why it, do you need ID? Why do you need ID? I think it's because they're keeping tabs on everyone. It was weird. It was really weird. But I don't, no one asked me for ID. Yeah, but I think you got there. I, I got there. I literally didn't, wasn't going to go. Yeah, you got there about I wasn't going to go. And I, honestly, I was having a real sort of like mental breakdown about it where I was just like, I can't leave the flat I can't and then in the end I had a shower and I got dressed and I put some clean pants and socks on well done and I put my coat on 
uh, took it off again, put my t-shirt on and my trousers. <laughs> then I put my coat back on, and then I, and then, got, then I left. And you know, I was just like it was a real thing. But by the time I managed to get out of the flat, it was about quarter to eleven. By the time I got to actual Brixton, um, or maybe it was half eleven. And then it was just like, oh fuck, yeah, it's all yeah. But well, maybe it was, you know, maybe it was because I didn't. I probably but left I think quite that, soon after. I that. think that the bouncer probably came on the door about about like I don't know nine or ten or something. Okay. But fucking yeah, just walking from the fucking pub to Brixton <laughs> Station was just like people, but like people just sort of like lunging at you out of the darkness, you know, just like <laughs> lunging at you going, do you drink coke? And it's just like, no, I don't, I'm all right, thanks. I don't know. No I'm one. high on life, that's what I say to him. <laughs> no, I don't. No one really offers me, no one offers me drugs. No one does. <laughs> Apart from occasionally some uh, kids do where I live. Yeah. They're about like 15. Yeah. And I always go, no thanks, but I want them to know that I'm a cool guy. I sort of go, no thanks, no thanks, kids. <laughs> but keep keep it up. <laughs> I don't know what I want to say. I want them to accept me as how'd a cool you, guy. How do you do that? I said, no, I'd probably say that. I'd probably you, say something what silly. Probably, like, what you probably should do is you say, uh, what, what have you got? Uh, nah, nah, I'm all right, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on your way, thanks. Find, find out what they're trying to get. Yeah, you. that's right. We got coke. Nah. Um, no, I'm I'm all right actually. I'm all, I think I've got some indoors actually. <laughs> no, I think I've got some in the fridge. <laughs> um, something like that. Yeah. Do you know what? I think I've still got some from leftover from Easter. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks very much, though. Um, that's what that's what I want to do. You know, they want them to think I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a cool guy. I'm trying to, oh, I'm trying to cut down. Yeah. No, um, no, I'm I good. Won't. Actually, I won't. I won't. No, I won't. <laughs> thanks anyway. Thanks, Cheers. guys. Thanks, guys. See you later. Oh yeah, bloody brilliant. Um, okay, greed. Uh, anything else? Uh, I saw. Oh, I saw. I tell you, what I did. I watched In Fabric and Under the Silver Lake. Have you seen those? Oh, they're on. They're on. Natalie's seen them. Under the Silver Lake. What's that? That's the one with Andrew Garfield. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if I. I don't know if I got on with it really. Sure. Who did like? it? It's the guy who did It Follows, right. which I think is brilliant. Is Under the Silver David? Lake is meant to be fucking insane, isn't it? Yeah, but it's almost... I don't know if it's even insane or not. I think it's a bit knowing. I found it a bit, like... Sure. A bit knowingly weird and a bit, like... Okay, all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. It has that sort of... Um, it Follows, I think, is brilliant. I think it's incredible. And this felt like... I love everything. I don't think that the actual um, concept... There's something slightly wrong with the concept. I, oh, think. I don't know. I think it's but like, it's like it's a, it's like a John Carpenter film, isn't it? It's yes, fucking. It it's like a John Carpenter film. It's basically a, it's, it's like a 1980s John Carpenter film. Like the soundtrack, and I just think the way it looks and the way it sounds, it's genuinely creepy. I just don't know why. I think the concept is great. I think the concept works on that like yeah, real sure, primal I, level. I, I, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I just think that there's one little thing about it that I remember when I watched it. I just couldn't quite. Um, you know, uh, get on with, which was the fact that once the person is following them, it jumps bodies. Yeah. And I think that it should be... The same. It should be the same person that's I think following it, I think them it, it, it shows you someone from, like, that you've got sort of some sort of connection to as well. Yeah, sure, but, but each time it jumps from body to body. 
Oh, right, yeah, yeah, it should be go, the same. It should okay. be the same person that's following them each time, you know. And then the next time, it's basically it's a sexually transmitted curse. Mm. So every time someone has sex, someone follows them and kills them. Yeah. And um, and I think that, it, it to me, it would have made more sense for it to be uh, when they have sex and it's one person that's following them. Mm. But what actually happens is if they're out of sort of like a certain radius, then it jumps around and you just think, well, then doesn't that negate the whole purpose of them walking really slowly and following them? Because the thing is, if you went to Jamaica and someone followed you, you know, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter how long it takes them. That's the scary thing, isn't yeah. it? That they will get you eventually. Yeah. That's the scary thing. Not the fact have, that they can jump from body to body. I used to have nightmares about just that, though. Mm. Just being followed by... And I used to get on trains and things, and I used to be aware that it will catch up with me. And it really, like, and it was when, when well, I watched the film. The film before yeah, before the film. The film. Yeah. And when I watched the film, it's like, oh, it's that. It must be like a common thing that people have nightmares about. Mm. And it just plays out that kind of thing. You go, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I guess that is like quite a, a primal fear people have of being followed. Yeah. Spooky. <laughs> Freaky deaky. Uh, sure, haven't got a song first. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, look, she's looking at us like we've done something wrong. When in actual fact, we are doing the show, and she's interrupted to say, uh, "I think you know you shouldn't be talking about this." Uh, fucking unbelievable! Just unbelievable. Let us live our fucking lives. Michael met Nathaniel Metcalf fan club sur FIBA Radio. Right, okay. So uh, I have to put. Is it this one or this one? Well, I can just put them both up. Hello, is Karis there? Hello. Hey, yes, I nailed it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> well, how you doing? Uh, we're joined, we're joined uh, over the phone uh, by uh, 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 comedian and actress, uh, actor, actress, actor. I don't mind. Karis <laughs> Um, how how are you? I'm really well, thank you. I mean, it's, it's pouring down in London, uh, and uh, I got a bit wet, but I'm fine. Okay, and you are doing the Soho Theatre, aren't you, at the moment? Yes, I am. Yeah, I opened last night. Uh, how did it go? It was absolutely gorgeous. Um, it was really strange. I thought I'd be really nervous. Uh, I absolutely wasn't. Uh, I thought I need to get nervous. I'm not used to not being nervous, and then. Um, and I just had a great time. I had nine psychiatrists sit in the front row, <laughs> which was interesting. Uh, my auntie was one of them, and she bought eight psychiatrists with her. With her. Wow. Uh, and uh, they seemed to be, and, and I, they seemed to be having a joyous time. So you know, yeah, it was great. Did they give you a review afterwards? Did they? Well, actually, on? one of them, one of them, constantly tweeted me for ages. Uh, and she's, I think she's reviewing it for some kind of psychologist magazine. <laughs> wow. So, and she's now, I'm, I'm your new fangirl. I'm like, I can tell. She didn't stop. She didn't do <laughs> So your show is called Lovecraft, Not the Sex Shop in Cardiff. It is. So her Theatre started last night. Uh, it goes on till tomorrow, is that right? Yeah, so tonight and tomorrow it's at 7.15, yeah. Right. And uh, tell, I, I saw it in uh, Machantlith. Uh, well done. That's a really good pronunciation, Ezzy Thank you very much. I've been <laughs> going for ten years, so it should, <laughs> I should have nailed should it. Should have bedded in by now. Yeah, um, nailed it. 
but uh, yeah, I thought it was incredible. Um, uh, oh. I really loved it. And uh, we met slightly before that, though, didn't we? We met at the BAFTA. Name dropping. I didn't mean. I didn't mean it like that. We met at the Welsh <laughs> BAFTAs. Um, I was. I, I. I. I shouldn't have been there. I was in. Um, <laughs> You're not Welsh. Uh, Sh- Sean Harris um, uh, uh, wrote, uh, wrote a short film, and uh, Rod Gilbert produced it. And I was. I was in it for about three seconds, and it got BAFTA nominated. And everyone else that was in it couldn't make it, and I was way down the list, and I ended up going. Uh, and then I met Caris there. Um, I'm so glad you came. It was it was a, it was a fantastic night. It was loads of fun. It was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, tell us about tell us about your show. Uh, so it's a comedy science music show, uh, and it's about the neuroscience of love and loneliness. Uh, so facing a loneliness <laughs> epidemic, and, and what I've been through in terms of loneliness, and the effect it had on me, even as a you know an upbeat social character. Um, and then um, in terms of what love is on the brain, you know, asking big questions like, do you need to have a partner to feel love on a scientific level? So I take people on a um, kind of whistle-stop um, um, tour of, of my life in terms of love, but going from uh, romantic love to societal love, to friendships, and uh, a huge celebration of that. Um, so yeah, it, and obviously in terms of social media and how we're not as physically present in our lives at the moment. So you know, I get everyone hugging, or the Welsh word is "kutch." So I get everybody kutching, uh, and we eat chocolate communally, and it's, it's, just, a, it's, it's just a lovely thing to do. Come along. <laughs> you get free chocolate. You get free chocolate. It's <laughs> vegan and nut free, so nobody okay. dies, no, nobody moans. It's all vegan and nut free chocolate. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. That's, that's so free chocolate. Nat, Nat was not, Nat was unsold so yeah, far. Yeah, and then I learned yeah. about some chocolate there. Apparently, <laughs> you know that, okay? she can it's come along and get some free chocolate. Vegan chocolate, it's good. Okay, I promise. <laughs> so it's Lovecraft, as in the craft of love. So it's, it's not the yeah, sex shop in Cardiff. Nor is it HP Lovecraft. No, it's nothing to do with H.P. Lovecraft, although loads of horror fans now follow me on Twitter, uh, <laughs> which is excellent, because <laughs> I'm just spouting all of love stuff, and they're like, okay. We haven't, we haven't ever mentioned H.P. Lovecraft, have we? No, we've done it twice, twice today. Twice, unrelated in, in one episode. Right, yeah, there you go. Oh, there we go, there we go. Weirdly, yeah, I do know there's a sex shop in Cardiff called Lovecraft. I don't know how that's weirdly, filtered no, through. Not weirdly, Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's almost like, why is it so famous? Is it just because um, of the name? It's such, it's such a landmark. It's like, if you're in Camden area of Cardiff, they're like, you know, I can't see, where are you? Where are you? Next to, uh, can you see Lovecraft? Okay, well, you are like, <laughs> to the left or to the right of Lovecraft. And it's just been there for years. Where is it? It's, uh, it's in Camden, so it's just not far from the city centre. And I've, had, I've filmed a couple of trailers in there, um, and they are just delightful. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so they are now my friends. They did say they were going to come and see the show and give me a goodie bag, uh, and they never have, so I'm a bit pissed off about that. But, um, oh, that's not good. Um, yeah, but no, but j- j- just, just to clarify, if I was to get off at the train station, yeah, how would I get to uh, the sex shop? <laughs> You'd get in a cab. Get in a cab. <laughs> take me to Lovecraft, and they'll take you to the sex shop. But, uh, yeah, okay. so, no, it's, it's great. But I was thinking about, you know, when I was writing the show, well, what do I want to say? And I wanted, what, I want people to learn what love is. I want people to just like each other a bit more and take care of each other a bit more and to craft their love, love craft. And then I was like, oh, but not the sex shop in Cardiff. That's a lovely little title. I'll use that. <laughs> but what would be in a goodie bag? 
I don't know, but I did see a gigantic fist last time I was there, and oh, it scared me. I mean, yeah. But no, actually, we've no, all no, no, seen no, no, a resin time... fist in a sex shop window. We've all seen one of those. <laughs> but no, no, last time I was there, actually, it was to film another trailer, and um, it was straight after Gay Pride, Mm. and they'd run out of dildos, so that was quite fun. Their their stock was way down. But a resin (laughs) fist with a suction cup on the end. I mean, (laughs) eye-watering. Fucking hell. But it's not about the sex shop. It's about about science and love. No, but a suction cup. (laughs) Fucking hell. <laughs> no, it's not. Right. It's a re- it's a beautiful it's a beautiful show. Um, I really I really loved it. And this show has now probably been in your life what two years? Yeah, it's entering its second year. Uh, yeah, it's just been mad, really. I keep thinking, oh my god, is it going to stop being relevant? But then things, you know, which is what happened to Cla- uh, Caroline Flack. You know, I don't really watch television, so I don't really know uh, who people are. And then I saw that news come in and how relevant everything I speak about in terms of connection and social media so it just keeps um, being relevant so, yeah. and and um, so I'm developing at the moment for television so hopefully um, I can oh, so it's uh, going to keep rolling on then it's, there's no end in sight to Lovecraft no I've been doing it till I'm 90 you'll be wheeling me out from 95 <laughs> it's just there'll just be a cast <laughs> of 10 five of which are robots <laughs> and there'll be a VR installation as well what's that like though if you've got a show which is both like does it ever feel like a curse that you've, you've made a thing it's been really yeah. successful you're getting to tour it you're getting to so two years later you're still doing the same show is there ever yeah. a point where you're going I am a bit sick of it or you also I have a need to write felt, something else yeah well I'm in the process now of writing my next show which is going to be called Tonguing um, and it's about the neuroscience of language so that's that's the, the next goal uh, but like at the moment at the end of last year, I did get a bit sick of it. It was it was really difficult. I was um, <laughs> filming it back to back. I've translated it into Welsh as well, so I was um, um, touring it back to back in Welsh and English. And then, and in my days off, I was filming a documentary. And my friend was um, terminally ill, and then he passed away. So I was literally like, I was I've, de- I've dedicated so many shows now to people who've passed away, and because I can, you know, it, it lends itself to be truthful about my life and what you know how people need people and especially in those fragile times of life uh, but my god at one point I was like I, I don't have the energy to be that person tonight you know to bring people that joy every night it's it's a lot it's a lot of mm. pressure mm. when you're not feeling it yeah. um, so that that was really difficult but I, I'm very lucky that I'm surrounded by a lot of beautiful wonderful human beings that have got me up on that stage <laughs> and i imagine that um the process of even just performing the show that that sort of that changes your mood just by just by doing it right yes of course you know that with the i know the end point of the show is utter joy for everybody yeah. um and so um it's pretty much the show has really helped me to get to just get me there every night and it's it's really I, I know the payoff is really beautiful yeah. and and I know the conversations I have with people afterwards and the new friends I make it's really wonderful yeah. so yeah it's it's it's, it's gorgeous it's really I'm, I'm very I'm very happy that I'm still doing it in many ways yeah, yeah. I remember uh, when I did because when I saw you at McHuntleth um, I'd done a preview I did my first preview of uh, my current show Phoenix from yeah. the Flames and uh, I remember when I saw your show, I thought it was really funny how um, <laughs> a lot of the subjects that I talk about 
you talk about they're sort of like yeah. a venn diagram but you're coming from like the entirely opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> yeah. where yours is all filled with hope and joy and mine is sort of like this angry <laughs> angry bleak tirade and it's kind of like but they're like they're like they're, they're not the, the same. same they're the same show um but it's kind of but they're like from different uh, different aspects but i'm the same you know i absolutely can't think of anything i want to do less than get up on stage yeah. and perform and i i i feel sick about it and I just get terrified about it and then yeah. I get up on stage and then because because by the end of the show it's kind of like we're both doing something that's positive and it's yeah. by the end of the show it kind of like it lifts you and the audience lifts you and it kind yeah. of like and you get to the end and you go I can't believe I didn't I, I, I could barely get out well with me I mean I can barely get out of bed most days but it's just like yeah. I couldn't believe that um, I couldn't believe that I was I was getting in the way of my own happiness in a way yeah and, and it just proves how meditation works in, in many ways you know what i mean if you if you just like focus on that if you put your mind on something completely else mm. then you you will fool your brain to thinking that so it, it is many, it's very much doctor theater do you know what i mean it's like if, if you put your brain in another headspace you've forgotten all that negative patterns yeah. um yeah i, I loved your show so it was absolutely gorgeous Thank you. And that's all we needed you to say. Um, <laughs> you can go now, Gareth. You can you go now. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, that's good. Um, are you touring again, Nick? You're touring again. Oh, yeah, yeah. The date, so I'm touring between April uh, to June, uh, doing the second leg of my tour. Tickets are on sale. Uh, some places have sold out. So uh, go online, guys, and uh, check it out. Phoenix from the Flames, Nick Helm. It's a great show. <laughs> I think um, fingers from Fingers from the Flames. Fingers from the Flames. Fingers from the Flames. No, that sounds like one of your shows. <laughs> um, fucking, but what would be in the goodie bag? <laughs> It's probably struggle to get a fist in a goodie it would bag. Be, you'd get lube, anal lube. beads, and yeah, maybe but, but some sort of vibrating egg. Vibrating egg, <laughs> the yoni eggs. Um, I don't know. Dated things. But also what was interesting in the sex shop was that they sold Fifty Shades of Grey merch. Merch? Hmm. Yeah, like as in like handcuffs. Oh, right, uh, branded handcuffs with... Branded bondage stuff. Yeah. Oh, that is a bit... I uh, and I was like, ooh, okay. So, you know, where you've got Harry Potter selling fucking sugar lemons, yeah. <laughs> you've got these guys selling handcuffs. And I was asking uh, the guy who runs the shop, I was like, so are, they, are these things any good? And he's like, no, Carrie, they're shit. <laughs> uh, if you pull just a tiny bit on them, they fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> So don't buy him. Don't buy. Him. I won't. I won't. <laughs> so yeah, right. Okay. So, so not not good for crime use if you're trying to arrest someone. Maybe. Yeah. No. So if don't you yeah want if you want to get the proper good stuff, uh, don't go for the Fifty Shades of Grey handcuffs. Uh, yeah. They they fall apart. Um, <laughs> no good. That's uh, not uh, with, with the slightest bit of uh, resistance. So what you really want is you want to go for like proper proper handcuffs. Go to a hardware store or something or uh, a police. Yeah. A police outlet. I don't think they do handcuffs in hardware stores, do they? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. No, but if you want the good stuff. Or just use rope. You can get rope from a yeah. hardware store. Yeah, you could get that from or a hardware Or scarves. Store. Some people use scarves, but I find that um, the friction <laughs> on the wrist, I, I, I get a weird rash with silk. Anyway, so... Um, <laughs> 
your show, uh, Lovecraft, not the sex shop in Cardiff, is on tonight and tomorrow at Soho Theatre. And uh, and sorry, did you say you've got more dates coming up? Uh, and I think my next date will be in Larn weekend, Larn Festival weekend oh, yeah. at the end of uh, March. So that'd be like I did it. I did it last year, but but my they didn't have a long cable, so my visuals didn't work. So they didn't have a long really cable. Fun. Yeah, they didn't have yeah. a long cable. So it was really funny and it was really lovely. But basically, Robin Inns walks in, and I was like, oh my god, you know, he's uh, he, he. This is what he does: is science comedy. And uh, the visuals weren't working. And so I had to basically riff and audio describe everything that wasn't there and pretend I was a bedraggled unicorn and that I was a couple of rats and all these things. But I had a, I had a lovely time. So hopefully we'll have a long cable this yeah, year. Yeah, sure. But honestly, uh, Carice, um I, I would not give a fuck about what Robin Inns thinks. <laughs> so... <Aww>. Uh, <laughs> um, He's lovely. Well, you know. So, uh, thank, <laughs> yes. th- thanks for phone- thanks for talking to us, and uh, good luck with your shows. Thank you so much, you two. Lovely to speak to you. Talk to good you later. Bye. bye, bye. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Um, right. So, um, we should do... I'll just tell you what I saw. Uh, it's a really good show, by the way. Um, you should go. Everyone should go and see it. Um, I just wanted to tell you about what... You I saw. saw. What did when, you see? When I went away. What did you see when you were away? I saw quite a few films, but I'll tell you what I fucking saw. I saw Spartacus. Spartacus? The, the Stanley Kubrick yeah. film. Spartacus. Have you ever seen Spartacus? I have seen Spartacus. What a fucking movie. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I yeah. haven't stopped thinking about it. <laughs> it's got an intermission in the middle, and uh, I watched it over two nights with my parents in France. Oh, that's nice. Fucking hell, it's so good. Everyone it in is it good. is incredible. It's so good. I couldn't I couldn't believe how good it was. Like it's it like it's probably I don't get on with Stanley Kubrick. Like I, I, they all leave me a bit cold if I can get through them. I've never got through two thousand and one. I love the oh. first half of Full Metal Jacket. But basically if I'm gonna watch something like that, I'll watch Starship Troopers. It's the same <laughs> film. Same film. Um so it's kind of like so I've no and The Shining is kind of like yeah I I I, I get it I don't find it scary uh, I've probably seen that the most. Uh, Spartacus is fucking incredible like a proper I mean it's obviously it's kind of like Stanley Kubrick is a director for hire really. It's all before isn't it I guess it's when he's on his way up I think that he probably had to make that to give him himself when, his yeah when you think about it most autonomy of, most of the stories about Stanley Kubrick come from The Shining really about mm. like doing hundreds and hundreds of takes but um, but fucking hell it's just an incredible film and then the other film I saw was Dr. Zhivago oh yeah I've never seen that I don't think oh god I mean it's sacrilegious really really overrated okay I just thought, and do you know that fucking, I, don't, I, can't, I can't fucking stop singing, is... You know that? No. That's the same tune from Dr. Zhivago. I thought it was like circus music. <laughs> and they, play it, they, they, oh, right. they play it for the entire film. It's three and a half hours long. They play it for the entire <laughs> film. And by the end of it, you're going, fucking hell. It's kind of like... Um, I, th- I mean, it's David Lean. It was kind of like the last of his big epics. Mm. So he did one. Uh, he did Bridge uh, on the River Kwai, 
Lawrence of Arabia and Dr. Zhivago, and it's like the last of his really big films. And there's, uh, but you fucking look at the, I mean, back back in the day, both Spartacus and Dr. Zhivago, casts of thousands. Oh, really? Thousands. Like thousands of extras. So uh, Spartacus was 60, 1960, and Dr. Zhivago was 64. Uh, but fucking, there's a scene in Spartacus where uh, uh, who's who's the who's the woman in uh, Spartacus? It is. Uh, it will come to me. No, it won't. Look it up. Can you somebody look it up? Um, but there's a scene where Kirk Douglas is um, uh, in a tent with his uh, wife, and there's a gap in the tent, and he's kissing her goodbye. And outside the tent, there are thousands and thousands of uh, troops that are just walking past. And they're having kind of like this little chat with each other. Um, Gene Simmons, that's right. Of course it's Gene Simmons, because I kept thinking, what, from Kiss? (laughs) But uh, it's spelled different. Um, uh, So Gene Simmons, the Spartacus and Varenia. She's so good in it as well. Fuck, it's just... But it's what a cast. I mean, it's the only film that Laurence Olivier is good in. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) He's he's so good in this film. He's so good. Tony Curtis is great. Like, everyone in it is brilliant. Uh, Charles Lofton is in it. He's, he's like, incredible. Everyone in the film is brilliant. Like, it's like everyone is at the top of their game. They're so good. And there's this scene where he's, like, having this little tender moment with with his wife just before he goes off to battle. And there's, like, a thousand trips that walk by. And you just, like, as an actor... The pressure to get your fucking <laughs> lines right would be absolutely unbearable. Do you know what I mean? Um, and Dr. Shafaga is the same. It's just like, I liked it. I, I liked it. Uh, but just, oh, God. And Julie Christie is absolutely like, fuck it. She just reminded me of every single uh, girl that ever broke my heart. She's <laughs> absolutely, she's, I mean, she's so gorgeous. I like, I mean, I only really know her from Don't Look Now. And fucking hell, her hair in Dr. Zhivago. I mean, she's just absolutely stunning. It's just, yeah, I mean, uh, but Dr. Zhivago, yeah, it, it's, it was all right. But I, it's one of those films that I guess I thought I'd already seen I guess I thought I'd seen it. Yeah, I sort of have that. I'm, I, can't, I don't think I have because I can't remember anything about it. Um, it's just there's a lot of snow. Oh, there's this um, building that's got had a hole hole in one of the windows, and the hole inside of it is just all covered in ice and snow, and it's kind of like magical. Um, there was some, I mean, a really good bit. It's like it's a long way to get to sort of like very little, I think. But um, yeah, it was good. I just didn't find it particularly. But fucking hell! So that's what I'm doing now. I'm going to sit down and watch the watch, watch the big ones that I haven't seen. Uh, we'll do one fan mail real quick, and then uh, we'll go and get our guest. No, that's the wrong fucking song. I mean, I'm almost always slick. Always, almost always slick. Hi. I'm currently waiting for my car to be serviced by some brute. Whilst I am waiting for him to return with a headache of a quote, I thought I'd give you an email. Have you seen Sonic yet? What did you think of it? If you did, I saw Emma and preferred Clueless. I'm sorry, what are the best music documentaries of all time? Hope you find your favourite fizzy drinks this week. Love the show. Francis. Uh, 
Okay. Um, you're allowed to prefer Clueless. Yeah, I, d- I, um, I haven't seen Sonic. I've no plans to see Sonic. I, w- I actually really want to see Sonic, but I haven't seen it. Uh, I do prefer Emma to Clueless, uh, but Clueless is a good shout. It's a good, it's a good film. I don't anyway. have any fizzy drinks this week because I arrived off the ferry and... Uh, <laughs> I'm f- I was very late. <laughs> one of the best music documentaries of all time. Best music to- it's a Spinal Tap, but it's not a real one. No. I'll tell you one that's terrific, but no one talks about, is the ITV documentary from about ten years ago, the Take That One, which I think is every bit as good as that Bross one. I think it's fascinating. Oh, the one when they're waiting for Robbie to turn when up. When they're waiting for Robbie oh, to turn up. Oh, God, that's awful. It and they're is like, Do you think he'll turn up? incredible. Absolutely incredible. We did, um, uh, me and uh, Johnny Sweet and Jim Howick uh, went out for a drink. Uh, the Loaded Boys from the show Loaded. <laughs> and, uh, I got it. I got the reference. And uh, we were waiting for Sam to turn up. And I said, it's like, take that, wait for Robbie. <laughs> like, do you think he'll turn up? We just didn't think he was going to show up. There's a bit in that <laughs> where they're talking about... Um, there's a bit where they, they're kind of... Obviously being grilled about them sort of being like... You were sort of seen as like the good boys, weren't they? And it's like, yeah, but we weren't. We were very much uh, very much naughty lads. Shaggers. Very... We were shaggers. And there's a bit where they go, yeah, we used to do this... We used to do this... Um, song didn't we and the song they sing on the bus on the tour bus because they're a bit raucous is it goes they go and it used to go like this we're naughty we're naughty we're really fucking mad ah shit (laughs) (laughs) that's my favourite bit of it fucking hell we're Uh, naughty we're naughty we're really fucking mad ah shit (laughs) Mad, they are absolute. So, don't listen to any uh, mm. any people thinking they're nice, boy. They are off the chain. That band. The um, the best documentary I've seen is uh, ever on any subject is uh, Inferno: The Making of the Expendables. <laughs> <laughs> it's feature. It's two hour documentary about <laughs> about the making of Expendables from beginning to end. It's incredible. It's better than the film. The film is terrible. <laughs> but back to like that Hobbit the one. The film is incredible. Like it's it's incredible. Like <laughs> it just covers everything. Like like uh, the bit when um, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, slams him into a wall as part of one of their fight scenes, and he breaks a bone in his neck. <laughs> and the doctor says, "You can either take three months off and lose the cast." Because everyone, it's like a feat in scheduling, right? Of getting everyone's schedules to work out. So you, you take three months off and repair, or you just inject yourself with these drugs every day. He goes, all right, I'll just, so it's just him like injecting himself with fucking <laughs> steroids and painkillers for the rest of the shoot. And then he, they finish making the film, because he, he's written it, produced it, directed it, starring in it. He finished fi- filming the film, and he goes straight into the music studio uh, and straight into the editing s- studio the next day to edit the film uh, so he doesn't take any time off and um uh, and then he's like composing the score with people as well it's kind of that's what made me think of it because of the music <laughs> but he's like writing the music for, he's just going this is fucking insane absolutely insane um uh we'll have uh, okay one more number hey man i listened back to the show from a, w- a few weeks ago where you talked about rumping. From that day on, <laughs> I referred to Rumpy Pumpy as Rumping Pumping. You guys rock. Thanks, Toots Malcolm. Okay. More of a comment. Hello, you big G's. <laughs> I'm really quite enjoying your silly cute show. 
Do you like jumpers and badgers? Oh, fuck off, Patricia. So, right, that's all we've got time for. So, uh, we'll go and get our guest. Um, uh, oh, um, we're playing Peter what, Wingard, aren't we? There we go, Peter Wingard. Thank you. In so many words, that's all I needed. <laughs> Is it playing? Yeah, that's it. Michael met Nathaniel Metcalf fan club sur FIBA Radio. Why is that so why is that so why is that so difficult to answer the question? Who, what show was he in? Who's Jason King? Jason King. Peter Wingard played Jason King in a TV show called Jason King and also in one called Department S. It was it was called Jason King. Yeah. It was called Jason King. Right, we're joined in the studio now. Sorry, Tim. Joined in this <laughs> good. We need, we need to know these things. Well, I so. find it weird. I mean, all I was saying was uh, so we're joined in the studio now by Tim Downey. Um uh but all I'm trying to say is that when I ask a question, mm. you know, who is Jason King? Yeah. I just want, I just want an answer straight away, so I can get on with stuff. All right? <laughs> I don't. We don't need to have a debate. I missed his song now. What's no, his, no. What's the actor called? Peter, Peter Wingard. Wingard. Peter Wingard. I mean, I've, I, I love this show because I've just found a gap in my knowledge, and I can be a better person. <laughs> <laughs> be a better fan club. <laughs> Hello, Tim. How are you doing? You've good, got an Amazon good. series that's released today. Today, yes. Jewish Inquirer. It's on Amazon Prime today. Download it. Look at it. Watch it. Please. Can you download Amazon Prime? I don't know. Is that? No, I, I thought that know. was a thing. I was just trying to sound cool. Download. Stream it. Stream it. Smash it. that Play like it. button. Press, Punch yes. that subscribe. Yes. yes. Do yes. all of these things. Rate, review. Yes. All of that. And order um, yourself something from Amazon. Get yourself a parcel. At the absolutely. Same time. You know, get some boxes. So boxes. You, so you made it for Amazon. Yes. Well, we made it independently, and then we sold it to Amazon. Right. Okay, so so it's, uh, it's episodes, right? Yeah, six episodes. Six episodes. How long are the episodes? Half an hour. Okay, so it takes about a week to make each one. Pretty much, yep. Uh, and you didn't have a distributor, uh, or you didn't have a, a um, what do you call it, a platform Broadcast. to? Oh, yeah, platform. Yep. Yep. But why, when you made it? Yep, when we made it, yep. Uh, and so then you got it all in the bag. Yep. And then you were just like shopped it around. Basically, yeah, like you would like an independent movie. Pretty much, that was almost the model. Is like an independent film. You make it, you then pitch it and get it out to distributors. How common is that? I didn't know that was a thing. It's, like... uh, it's the first one I know of. And right. I think it's probably the first one a lot of people will I know of. I think that's <laughs> mental. It's, it's insane. But <laughs> luckily we can sit here and go, it's fine now. <laughs> so, Rather go, we have really done something wrong here. So who funded it? Um, it was funded from loads of, lots of different sources that got, sort of liked the script and liked the work and kind of had faith in... Uh, Gary, who wrote and uh, directed it and produced it, and uh, yeah, so he kind of pulled it all together. So who's Gary? Gary Sinia, who right. is the writer director. Mm -hmm. He did Lee on the Pig Farmer. Oh, right. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There, you, there you go, there you go. And um, yes, so then I got on board, you know, read the script, got on board, and then Jeff McGiven came on, Lucy Montgomery. So we got a nice, uh, great, great cast. Mm. Um, and then we, yeah, we just kind of went guerrilla fashion and went, let's just do it, let's just make it. And see what happens. And this is, thankfully, this here we are. They, that's what they call a game this, changer. This is the view, This is the voice of the future. This that's is yeah. brilliant. That is brilliant. It is brilliant yeah. because a lot of the time people don't know what they want until they got it. Yeah, exactly. Because oh, I mean, how many treatments am I right now? Moment, twelve treatments somewhere right at the moment, and you're just yeah, you get halfway through and you go, "This will never get made." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So let's just go and make it. Just go and make it. I'm just gonna just because I'm, I'm we're both stand-up comedians, but um, you. you 
you don't have to ask permission for anything. So if you mm. want to work, you can go out and you can work. Mm. But if you want to make TV, it's, it takes years of begging for permission. Yeah. Pe- and yeah. just to actually, it's so liberating to actually just get out and make something. Just get out and do it. And, you know, it's terrifying when you when you try to do it. But course. you're getting you're Nobody, getting it yeah. made. You're getting it done. You're Nobody kind of wanted like, okay, it when you it. were making it. Of Absolutely. course it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, made people go watch it. Yeah. Like no, it. That is great. Cause it's also, if you've got confidence in something, in a mm. project, you might just be talking to the wrong people who yeah. aren't, who aren't, listening to the idea where yeah, you go, and it's not, this is great. And, yeah, and they want a certain thing and they have a certain thing that they have to kind of abide by and go like, oh, we're looking for this, this and this. And, you know, it could be brilliant what you're doing, but if it doesn't fit into that yeah, slot exactly. that they're looking for, then they're going to say no. And no there's so many silly reasons for things not being made which actually have no bearing on what, the mm. quality of anything. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, platforms like Netflix and Amazon that kind of open it up to say, well, you can have two vampire thing why not why can't you make two vampire shows and put yeah. it on the same thing why not yeah, why does sure. it only have to be one yeah so it's, it's very a bit much too much about... like this thing but you asked me to write it because you wanted it to be something like the the other thing that you're now yeah, saying it's that's too really much popular like. so we'll write something else that could be really popular <laughs> but you're saying no because it's too similar to that <laughs> but yeah. yeah i was writing a thing about um uh, an odd couple thing uh, which was about like a mum and a son and uh they said we went to BBC and they said, oh, we've already got King Gary. And you go, that's a completely different thing. What are you talking about? They said, it's families. <laughs> and you go, well, what? So now we've got to write stuff that is about people that don't have a family. What are you talking about? It's crazy. It's just kind of like... It's called you... orphans. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with me. Uh, yeah. It was, just, it was just this really crazy thing where you're just like, that's absolutely not what... That's, it's totally different. It's style... The theme, the the execution of it is completely different, but it's kind of like oh, but it's got a family in it. And you go, oh, right, okay. Um, I, th- I think it's just that they don't like me. They're just being <laughs> they're just being polite. Um, oh, so I was going to ask you what it was like working with um, with um, Amazon, but um, you don't know really. I, I have no idea. Oh, well, that's, thanks very much. That's, that's that. Well, thanks, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. In. In. <laughs> this has been lovely. <laughs> so, um, so you, so, so how does that work then, right? So. Um, it's come out of other people's pockets and so then Amazon pay for the, the project because mm. you know how much it's cost because you've, 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 you've made, made it. it. Yeah. So then what you, you say we'd like our money back so we can pay all the investors back mm. and then we'd like a bit extra. And a little bit more for just for taxis. <laughs> is there, <laughs> it would be nice. Is, is, there, um, is there likelihood that you're going to do another one? Well, I hope so. I mean, it's very much dependent on how this is received. I mean, in the, in the moment, it's just in the UK. So we'll obviously be looking then, I think Amazon will look at it to see how they can branch out, go to America, rest of Europe, you know, Australia, so New Zealand, exciting. things like that, and see see how it rolls. But I think, you know, it's, it's exciting to be part of something that I hope you, you never know with the way things are going. This could be the way that things are done you know tv TV and the way we consume things has changed vastly in 10 years like there was no way you were ever gonna that's crazy you know have what we have now 10 years ago you say you say you're insane gonna Mm. pay a subscription for a different channel just one (laughs) it's ridiculous but now it's like yeah okay it's the normality so you know so exciting, man. Very exciting. You haven't even asked you what it's about. Um, <laughs> um, but, but, but like, it's about a family. Oh, oh, we've got enough of them. Uh, um, but, like, uh, so if you did do a second series, though, I guess what? They would just give you the money and leave you then to say, oh, well, you were fine the first time. 
Or would it be kind of like Amazon swooping in and kind of like micromanaging it? It could be. It could be. If it's very, very popular, let's, you know, touch what it is, then um, I guess they would probably want to have a say about what happens, especially if they're kind of going to start drifting it out into different territories and things like that. They may well want to have a, have a say on things. Um, but if it, you know, if it works, they may say, great, carry on. Carry on do as you were. One, just do another one. Do what you do. You know, we'll cover the cost of this, this, and this. He can get his, he can get his cabs. I'll throw in a breakfast. You know, <laughs> nice stuff. Nice stuff. That would be best case scenario, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, bre- yeah. A, a breakfast. A breakfast. Breakfast and a taxi. Can dream. Oh, yes, oh, breakfast and a taxi. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, lovely. Bagel and an Uber. Oh, all right. If you had to go for breakfast now, where would you go? As in a a, a, a place. A place. A place. Um, I would. I would probably just go something simple, like a, you know, a sausage sandwich on a bench. Oh, no. very, oh, not, a not bench. in the rain. Served on a bench. <laughs> Served on a bench. No <laughs> plate. <laughs> just on the wood. Found on a bench. That's, <laughs> that's the dream. That's, uh, okay, right. Here's, here's if you s- found a sausage sandwich on a bench, would you eat it? Absolutely. Not. Do you know what? <laughs> <Fucking> <laughs> there is absolutely no way. Do you want to know something absolutely <laughs> rancid about me? <laughs> I, was, I went to university in Winchester, <laughs> and on the way back from the pub one night I think the World Cup was on me and my mate Ben me and my mate Ben took a shortcut through a park I, I was so poor at university I hadn't eaten in days don't caveat it I could always afford I could always afford booze and fags but sure. I, could, I could never afford food right? sure. we were walking it was like four or five o'clock in the morning it was dawn mm. and we went a shortcut through a park and we saw next to a uh, children's play park like swings and slides and sure. there was a bench and next to the bench was a white plastic bag filled with an entire Chinese takeaway for three right <laughs> <laughs> and we like <laughs> we looked in the bag and we had like a moment where we were like of course we're not going to eat it and three seconds later, we were both knuckle deep in chow mein, just fucking shoving it into our mouths. It's like, like it was like there was like five boxes of food, and we were just shoveling it in. Yeah. It, was, it was the most delicious. It was, I felt like you know a proper hunter. <laughs> That's right. It's the most delicious Chinese food I've ever eaten. It's so good. But um, it, it is a fairly bleak uh, portrait that you're painting there, Tim, of a sausage sandwich on a bench. <laughs> And that's what you got from that story. <laughs> my, and I'm my judging you. My refusal <laughs> to eat a sausage sandwich. I'm judging you. <laughs> Never once did it cross your mind. Why did they leave it there? No. Well, it did, obviously. And years later, I was just thinking, well, it could have, we were so hungry. I've got to tell you, I was a lot thinner back then. We were so hungry. It was just shoveling it in. It was, uh, it was chop suey. It was... Uh, it was chicken chop suey. I would never order that either. But, <laughs> no, uh, I bet you're furious. It was delicious. I was furious. <laughs> they got my order on the uh, Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, I wouldn't have ordered this. Uh, it'd be absolutely good, wouldn't it? Oh, it's one of those lot who orders chips as well. Who orders chips with a Chinese takeaway? <laughs> um, so you're an Outlander as well? Yes, I am. And also on Amazon. Also on Amazon. <laughs> oh, yes. There's oh, a theme, yeah. a running theme here. <laughs> that, that, oh, yeah, we'll talk, we can talk to you about that, but what I really wanted to know was uh, uh, you've got a part in um, Transformers The Last Night. Yes, I do. A small part? Yeah, it's a little. It's a little sort of, yeah, a bit more than a cameo, shall we say. Sure. I haven't. But s- nice. I haven't seen any of the Transformers films since the first. I think I saw the second one. Mm. I saw the uh, mm. same here. I've seen one and two of Transformers. Yeah. All right. What, what was that? Was it Michael Bay? Michael Bay. 
So you've been Michael directed Bay. by Michael I've been directed Bay. by Michael Bay. What's yeah. he like? What was that like? It's terrifying. Sure. It's terrifying. Is he um, terrifying? He, yeah, he's terrifying. Is this There's... the one with TJ Miller in it? I have no idea. <laughs> no. Have you seen the last night? Have I seen the last night? I've seen, I've seen up to my bit. <laughs> went, okay. I've seen Transformers 1 and 2. Because, yeah. because <laughs> TJ Miller uh, is a comedian. Yeah. And he was in one of the Transformers films. And Mike. Age of Extinction. He was in Age of Extinction, oh, yeah. and Michael Bay would just shout at him and say, "Be funny. Yeah. Why aren't you funny? That's, we hired you to be funny." That's pretty much what he, what he was saying to me. I was playing a polo player, and they said in the casting, "Can you ride a horse?" I can ride a horse. Of course, I can ride a horse. You know, I can ride a horse in the sense of I can get on a horse and I can know what I'm doing. When someone goes, "Hello, my name's George. I'm your horse wrangler. I'm going to take you from here <laughs> over to here. We'll do it a few times, and it's fine. No loud noises, and everyone's far away." So yeah, I can ride a horse, and it gets closer. And I go for a couple of auditions, and um, then they ring up my agent and say, uh, "Michael's very excited about this." Oh, great, great. Um, obviously, for the polo scene, hang on, wait, hang on, hang on. I can run. I can't. I can't. I can't play fucking polo. Because that's quite dangerous. Like, oh, because he really wants you to to play polo for the. Si- okay, we'll call you back. So they get me to this stables beforehand for a two-week intensive polo training. They fly a, a polo player, an Argentine polo player, over to teach me how to look like I know how to play polo. So I'm, it's, I'm genuinely terrified. He was saying, like, you just take, don't touch the reins. It's not a steering wheel. It's not a car. Don't touch the reins. Just lift your hands up. And they would smack the horse, and you would race across this field. Going, <gasps> what are you doing with your hands? What are you well, it's, it's, all, it's all, you know, core. Yeah. It's just all in the legs and all in the core. So you can ride like some sort of, you know, duke or something like wow. that. Wow, and presumably with your hands, you're supposed to be holding a massive mallet. Absolutely, and your weight moves backwards and forwards, so you're not supposed to be holding on to anything. Cause so it won't, your it fucking won't thighs are gripping. Oh, gripping yeah. On. From literally a standing start. And you cannot walk. You just go, I can't do this again. When yes, you get off the day horse two. in the evenings, have you, have you been <laughs> gripping evening. it so much that you're, yeah. you've got dead legs? You get that kind of wobble in the legs where you go, oh, God, God, I can't stand. It's like you got off a boat. Well, that makes me feel sick. So you oh. had this intensive... Intense two weeks. Sorry, just, just before you carry mm. on. So wasn't the character called Polo Player? Yeah. So you knew it was a polo player when you were auditioning? Oh, absolutely. But usually, <laughs> but usually with these things, they say, can you ride a horse? Yes, as in I can get sure, on a horse and sure. kind of ride into a shot, mm. sort of like pull up the horse, yes, deliver the lines in safety, and then ride off. Because sure. there's George in the background waving his hand saying, you can come over here, you can come over here. But on this, they literally just kind of put you on a horse. And when we came to filming it, they kind of put you on a horse I'd never met before, and I'd never been on a polo pony, and they're like Ferraris in that they're much smaller, compact, oh. and they are like, oh my God, I'm playing polo, oh my God, I'm playing polo. So it's a different and sort of horse. It's a completely different horse. The, oh. horse. the horse they trained me on was the horse from the Lloyd's Bank ads. Oh. The black horse the from black the Lloyd's yeah. That's a celebrity horse. Absolutely, and it knew it. It was very relaxed, that'd be like, that'd very be like, respectful. be like riding Benji. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That film never came out of cinema, did it? <laughs> Carry on, yeah. Uh, as, yeah, so they put you on this, and it was with the Oxford and Cambridge polo teams, who had no idea that this ringer had only had two weeks' worth of training. So they were like, this is absolute japes, and were just going. They were, they were literally playing polo. So then I would kind of come into the midst of that, and they were banging into you going, oh, yes, it's great. And you're going, for 
God's sake, I will die, I will die if you touch me. You could die falling off a horse. You could literally die falling and off a horse. And on top of that, you've got to act for yeah. Michael Bay. And you've got to be funny. So <laughs> this I, is I, horrible. I, so I got on the horse, so he comes over and he says, Okay, so this is what this is what the scene is, okay? You wanna go all the way, you've got to be fast, okay? You're gonna have to be you're gonna be fucking fast. All the way out, all the way around, all the way around. I want you to yeah, and you and you've got two drones, drones coming around. There's a Ferrari with a camera arm on it, it's gonna be tracing you all the way around. You've got to hug the there's a massive grandstand with about 500 people having tea in it. I want you really, really close. You come right up, right up to that. And then while you'll get really close, uh, the, the main girl, she's going to fall off the horse. The horse is going to bolt. The bolt, the, then the, the referee is going to get the horse, going to bring the horse back. The girl's going to get back, get on the horse. Then you come in and you better be fucking funny. <laughs> you better be fucking Because if you're not, I'm going to digitally remove your ass from my movie, yeah? Smacks the horse. Boom, we're off. And that, was, and that was the first take. And you're going, oh, my God. And as you're going round... You're thinking, okay, okay, just survive, survive, survive. And then as you just kind of come around, just cresting the top of the grandstand, you're thinking, I've forgotten the line. I don't know what, I don't know what the line is. What's the line? What's the, oh, it, oh, okay. And luckily, because all the other horses are stopping, the horse goes, oh, okay, we'll stop playing. So it will stop through no mechanics of my own to then <laughs> deliver the line. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. And it just sort of stops and everyone comes over and goes, okay, you're very funny. It's very funny. You're funny. You're a funny guy. You're a funny guy. Oh, my God. But we're doing it again. Go. It smacks the horse. Boom. And we're off again. But the second time is easier. Slightly easier. But I'm having to kind of shout to the, the guy on the other horse going, don't hit. Don't hit me. I'm just a learner. I'm just a learner. Please, dear God. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. I don't worry about that. going, is that good? I don't understand what you're saying. Um, and then it was fine. Then you would kind of work out, okay. We're going to do it like this and kind of map it out, but that, those first that's like what takes were that's terrifying. Spartacus, like having to do that yeah. that tiny little scene with all those extra. But that's horrible. That sounds it was terrifying. Horrible. It was and with, with a Michael Bay film, you could have said, "Could we not have a digital horse?" And I'll sit on there. Just, just put me in. Or I'll be in a room put somewhere. Me somewhere in Elstree. Yeah. and I can just mimic it. Michael, we all know you're going to edit the fuck out of this scene anyway. Can we do it in bits? Yes, yes. There's no, there's no yes. way that he's going to have a shot in one of his films that's more than three seconds long. <laughs> so just fucking calm down, mate. And if I don't Michael Bay, he would have taken that very well. If I, if I said, Michael, a couple of things. I've had a little bit of the boys. I've had a couple of we've had a bit of a chat. <laughs> fucking hell. That reminds me of the time uh, I did an advert... Uh, where um, I got there and they said, you've got to speak in Polish. <laughs> and I was like, when would I have learnt Polish? <laughs> but, but they flew me out to Poland and when I got there, <laughs> they said, I overheard them say that he'll be talking in Polish. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> All my auditions are in English. Um, but, you know, th that was a surprise. Your character was called Polo Player. <laughs> You're kind of unforgivable. Still a surprise. <laughs> I can see. Why would you? Why would you not imagine that would be CGI or something? There. Well, of course. You, yeah. You just go. It'd probably be on CGI. A... Goes on the robots. Yeah, but like there's CGI and everything now, isn't there? Yeah, but the, which, which 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 Transformers film was this? The last the night. The last Five, night. Yeah, the fifth. Five. One. The fifth one. I How think that's the one, there? isn't it? So where is six? Is it King not, Arthur's a Transformer? Not in that one or something? That's exactly it. Yeah, that's King Arthur, Stonehenge. <laughs> And Stephen um, Hawking is a Transformer or something, is it? <laughs> could well be. Could well be. I think Anthony Hopkins pops I've up in it as well. I've heard it's a very strange film, but it, I'm up for it. Do it. <laughs> do it. I mean, it's probably on Amazon. Amazon Prime, probably. Like um, everything. Well, I'm not sure. This is no comment on you, but I don't know if I can see another Transformers film. <laughs> 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 um,
um, no, so it's, it's, uh, how many are there? Five. five. I think that's the last there's five. One. Well, then there's Bumblebee as well, but that's mm. not a real one, is it? No, that's no. A, that's like spin-off. And mm. everyone was like, "That's how you do it." <laughs> oh God! What? Do you remember your line? It was so. Uh, do you know? No. Was it? Was it? Was that your only scene, or was there another? I one? had uh, two or three other other scenes, all involving because I'm playing that uh, sort of upper class mm. idiot of just being hurt. Um, so I come out, fall over, get up, then I kind of get in a really fast car and kind of swizz, you know, squirt gravel over people and things like that. And I'm assuming there's some sort of robot watching me, that kind of thing. <laughs> going, well, I think yes, he is bad, and therefore come to Stonehenge or, or you're something. In a robot. No, no, not in a robot. So the car isn't a robot. I'm, I'm in, it, it could have turned into a robot. As I said, I watched up to my bit yeah. and went, okay. Was the that, horse could be a transformer. Who knows? Was that the only scene that you were on a horse? Yes. I mean, I just think that's yeah. a relief you must have had when you'd wrapped that scene. Oh, God, yes. I mean, I think that sounds fucking awful. There were, there, there were, there, I mean, there were injuries already in the day. When I was standing, just sort of, you know, being very English and drinking tea, going, oh, well, well this is lovely. What, what am I doing? He looks very badly injured. Should we be concerned about that? No? Oh, OK. Well, fine. If Optimus Prime was a real human being, yeah. who would it be? Who would he be? Yeah. Who would play him? Yeah. We did this last week. Yeah, I know, but I, had an, I thought of another one. OK, good. Oh, well, no, come back to me. I'll think about it. <laughs> well, I mean, it'll be ruined if we all go for it. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, so, was, you, well, last week you said Liam Neeson could play it if he was a real man. Yeah. I thought that was good casting. That mm. kind of uh, or, elder statesman. Or George Clooney. George Clooney. I was, gonna, I was actually going to go Richard Gere. No. Give it a give it a give it a chance. No. I think he'd be one of the he looks flashier good, ones. He looks good in a suit. Richard I mean, Gere. Not, not Richard Gere now. Not Richard Gere in Final Affairs. I like, okay. but, you know, Richard Gere sort of I like Richard officer Gere. a gentleman. I think he, but I think Richard Gere is a very odd actor in that um he consistently plays incredibly unlikable characters. Mm. Which is something that Optimus Prime is not. He is <laughs> He's a solid guy. <laughs> He's a solid dude. He's more, more Tom Hanks. Uh, no. no, not Tom Hanks. No, Come on, no. No, you, you you've got to a... like Optimus Prime. You can't. Yeah, but you'd like Clooney. You know. You'd like Clooney. You kind of like Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson has probably got a bit more gravitas. Tom Hanks is kind of too cuddly. Mm. Okay. You know, you've got to, you've, you know, you've got to respect. He pushed it out in Road to Perdition. That's all I'm saying. Maybe that's the Optimus Prime you're looking sure, for. Sure, maybe. But uh, he's a gangster in that. Again, he he's is. playing a bad man. Yeah. So you're not playing the game. So between right, Castaway and Rotabedition <laughs> is, is, is your Goldilocks prime. Tom, that time Tom when he was trying Hanks. to lose weight, yeah. Tom, he could have been dressed up as a robot. You know when you know when they did Castaway? Yeah. They filmed the first half, yeah. and then he had to go on a diet. Yeah. And he used to go on, and they, and while they were waiting, for, they they filmed What Lies Beneath. Oh yeah, yeah. Robert so Zemeckis. So Robert Zemeckis filmed half of Castaway. Waited for Tom Hanks to lose some weight, filmed What Lies Beneath, and then they filmed the second half of Castaway. And while they were filming What Lies Beneath, Tom Hanks used to have to come on set and they'd weigh him in front of the crew. <laughs> really? Yeah. God. Not Optimus Prime. No. That's not how you treat <laughs> the saviour of <laughs> Autobots. I don't know anything about Transformers. <laughs> but yeah, sure. But like Cl- uh, Clooney, I think that I'm right and you're wrong. It's Clooney. Fair enough. Clooney or Neeson. It's not Hanks and it's certainly not Gear. Richard well, Gear. If you're looking for a Megatron, surely, yeah, Gear. He'd be a, a left field choice, right? But Optimus Prime, I don't think so. <laughs> he's just, he's too, he's too. I'm not like saying Richard Gear is unlikable. He plays very unlikable characters. 
Okay. Yeah, I can like, see where you're going spiky, with that. Spiky, yeah, edgy characters. Yeah. You think, because of, speaking of Polo, uh, Pretty Woman, yeah. you think because of that, he's kind of like a cuddly, kind of like, he's like, oh, he's a... Uh, but he's not. He's, he's got more in common with a Michael Douglas than he does oh. with uh, Tom Hanks. That's my. <laughs> that's this my, is my this is the show to be. This fair. is it. This is this, it. This is this is this is all we've got. So I I, I think of you now. I, I almost associate you with more kind of comedic parts. But yeah. you you haven't come from a background of comedy. You are you are proper like an actor. Proper actor. Yeah, yeah. That just has fallen into you, comedic how did that roles. Happen? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I think it's from. I've always gravitated towards comedy. I've always kind of grown up with comedy. My dad was a massive comedy fan, so that was pretty much all we would ever watch. Although he would only ever watch things that were made before, like nineteen forty-seven. So anything like Arthur Askey or Will Hay or <laughs> yeah. you know Hancock and all those British kind of stuff. British, always British stuff. Talking so pictures, kind of, TV. Yes, Gainsborough pictures, all those yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so I think it's kind of just been kind of in my DNA. Um, Forever, but and I was just that kind of something just you it. always wanted? Like, even were you think, were you yeah. drama school and drama school? Yes, and I think I spent a lot of time sort of saying, "Well, I'm now going to play a very serious role." And they go, "It's very funny." Goes, "Not funny." I'm being very serious, <laughs> as you can see. I'm being very angst-ridden. Very funny. It's not funny. I'm being very, you know, driven. Um, and uh, but so I think that's kind of how it's it's always been in me. I've just kind of not seen it, and then suddenly you do kind of wake up and kind of go, actually that moment of clarity and of go, course, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I really enjoy doing this and I love doing this. And so, yeah, why why not go and And is it also that it's such a kind of, I guess it's sort of a, a fairly small group, really. So once you're mm. in one show, you're kind of pals with someone else who then... It's a very small, it's a very small pond. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think once you're kind of in in bits and then others get to hear of you and, you know, you do okay and that kind of thing. And then I think it's, yeah, you're more kind of accepted into the fold of... Of, uh, of the comedy world. Um, but I think that's probably the same with drama and, and uh, oh, you know, right. that okay, kind of thing. Yeah, I think there nice. are, you know, theatre has its own little kind of group or clique as does, you know, film and TV and, and all of that. But do you find that world, is it, is it, do you, do you feel that you can cross those worlds and yeah. quite easily? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I think one fuels the other. You know, you can't have, can't have tragedy without comedy. You know, not, not my word, Shakespeare. So, you <laughs> oh, know. Oh, yeah. You know, there we go. Um, Standing on the shoulders of giants. Exactly, yes. Is that Shakespeare as well? That's no, a, that's, that's that, Tim. It's the oh, Oasis right. album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's quoting Gallagher. No, no Gallagher. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Comedy and drama. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Mm, right. You were in the King's Speech. That was your film debut. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, and you followed that yeah. up with what, Les Mis. What was that yes. like? I saw, I saw the King's Speech in New York when it came out. Mm. It won loads of Oscars. Yes. So did Colin Firth won an Oscar for that? Mm-hmm. I think so. I always yeah. just, I always says like the King's Speech. It's like uh, it's it's kind of like one of them feel good films, mm. like um, an underdog story. Yes, yeah, sports so like, film. So isn't I it? said it's like Rocky with a yes, speech impediment. Exactly. I said it's, the, it's like Rocky with a speech impediment, but they've already made that. It's called Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, so yeah, so so what was your part in the King's Speech? So I was the Duke of Gloucester. So you had. Uh, <laughs> Colin and Guy and then me. So I was like the third in line right, right. to the to the throne. But that was, I mean, that was ridiculous. I mean, we filmed in all over the place. I remember one in particular, we filmed in Nebworth House when it, you know, when it really snowed and it shut all the airports, uh, whenever that was. Um, 
And I just remember being stuck in Nebworth House and then uh, Colin, who was allowed to stay there for the night because we were filming there, um, had had a ghostly experience, which was quite interesting. Um, but then him trying to explain that to Jacoby, who was far more interested in trying to get the Sudoku done before we had to start <laughs> filming. So I'm really, uh, that's fascinating, Colin. I've really got to get this four in somewhere. Um, but it was great. You're just suddenly in a room of kind of going, wow, I'm in a room with acting royalty, kind of, yeah, of course. wall to wall. Was, so that was that was good. Was Colin Firth nice? He was lovely. I mean, he was lovely. When I was sixteen or seventeen, he, I saw a play called Three Days of Rain that mm. he was in, and I think he's pro- probably the best stage actor I've ever seen. Really? I think Colin Firth is incredible. Like on st- on, on on stage, yeah. Um, I, I like him on film, but like he blew my brains out when mm. I, when I saw when I saw him in that. It's a great play. Have you do you know the play? No, no. It's no. a really good play. So you should. Give it a read. Give that check yeah. it out, check them out. Um, but yeah, he's really great. I love him. Good when, for you. <laughs> that's your first film. Do you do you have to hide anything, or do you feel like you're just you've got the part, you belong there, or do you actually walk into those rooms and feel intimidated? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, absolutely. Derek Jacobi. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fucking hell. Yeah, that's fucking or Derek Jacoby as. Uh, there's no one my says. Ex, my ex used to. <laughs> my ex used to. Um, yeah, fucking that'd be that. That'd be intimidating. Yeah, it's really intimidating, especially when you kind of go, "Oh, great! So who's doing my cue? Derek Jacobi? <laughs> oh, great! Okay, that's that's super." But then, then Michael you, Gambon's upstairs. But then Guy you know. Pierce is there. Yes. And Guy Pierce started off like you in soap operas. Mm. So that's sort of like, is there some sort of bond that you got there? Yeah, and he was really lovely and humble. Because there were many moments where you just kind of, you know, that thing where that, there's the hiatus where they're setting up and you usually kind of just drift around and kind of sit wherever you want. And he was, you know, we would just kind of sit together and he'd say, you know, how are you? Yeah, well, I'm going good. Yeah, how are things going? Yeah, all right, thanks, Guy. And you feel obligated to go, and how are things going with you, Guy Pierce? How was the <laughs> met? And he goes, well, you know, it's all quite, you know, it's difficult, isn't it? He goes, you're Guy Pierce, you own half of Australia. You're, 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 I'm sure you're okay. But he was lovely, really lovely, and that made things a lot easier, that kind of human yeah. side of it, rather than kind of being I very think, distant or I something. I think that must be a, a lot better, right? Even if, if you're a big star, why would you want to sort of leave a set and go to your big kind of mm. uh, trailer by yourself? Yeah. Surely it'd yeah. be much nicer just to hang out with everyone on set. Like, yeah, absolutely. Have, would, and have a laugh. Yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that. And a lot do. I think a lot... You know, they're either kind of told to or, you know, to behave in that certain way. I mean, luckily I haven't seen that, so it's difficult to know. But where I've worked with have just kind of mucked in. You're all kind of actors together. You just kind of muck in and mm. you're doing the best for the scene that's in front of you and you want the scene to be good. And so that requires, you know, relationships and working it together. Not to everyone's it. like that, though. No, they're not. They're not. And it's a shame. Well, I've you, got some horror stories. I bet. I bet. You've got some, <laughs> you've got some names in your head floating about. Yeah, you can see it in the <laughs> eyes. The flicker. It's really flicker. hard not to say it out loud. The, the eyes aren't even meant to flicker. They can't, no. He can't help himself. I've worked with some cunts. The Rolodex. <laughs> Absolute cunts. Um, so, um, right, yeah, cool. So you were, and Les Miserables. Yeah. Les Miserables? Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Uh, I played a character called Brevere, 
So it was my second Tom Hooper outing. Yeah. Um, who is one of course. Of... So by that point, did he just like go? I forgot that Tom Hooper did the King's Speech. Yeah. So did, by that point, did, did he win an Oscar for the King's Speech? I think speech? he did. I think, he right? did. I think yeah, he's I think an he Oscar. So, so, so what, did he just like phone you up, or did you have to audition for Lane? No, no, no. In as much, yep, rang me up and said, "Would you like to do this part?" I went, oh, "Okay, fine. Yes, all right, Tom. Fine." Lovely stuff. Um, oh. So then we had these series of rehearsals at Pinewood where I got to meet Hugh Jackman. Now, I've heard a lot of stories about Hugh Jackman being the nicest man in the world. So you kind of think, oh, okay, I wonder how nice he really is, this, this Hugh Jackman character, would you speak? Punch him in the face. Yeah, just push him a bit, yeah. <laughs> What do you know, Prison Jackman? Rules. What do you know, Jackman? <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, was, he was quite literally the nicest man I have ever met. Would take, he would literally, you know, come up to you, shake you by the hand, look you straight in the eye and go, hi, Hugh Jackman. And you'd go, okay. Hi, and he's massive, and he's uh, yes. is he? built. He's very tall. He's is built. He huge, I he? thought he was and tiny. He ain't Tom Cruise. Oh, wow. so he's like Tom Cruise standing on the shoulders of Mel Gibson. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Shakespeare. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So I, th- I, th- I thought he was short, but no, cool. Right. No, and he's, he's got lovely. Lovely eyes. Got lovely eyes, lovely tone. Sure. And you just kind of go, all right, hi, th- hi, Hugh. And he's a big star, right? Yes. So yeah. he comes onto the set of Les Mis. Does he set the tone of the, of the set? or he, he does and he doesn't because, again, he's very humble. So he will just kind of very much kind of just let everyone get on and do what they want to do and, you know, just kind of wait his moment, doesn't throw any kind of weight around or anything um, and really uh, took Anne Hathaway under his wing because you know her part is very diff- was very very difficult and straining so he kind of was very much a father figure for her and was just kind of lovely and just kind of made a very warm lovely environment to kind of go oh, okay yeah. you can you can push you can do things rather than someone kind of sitting in judgment kind of going you going to do it like that on the day Okay, all right. He was very much going back know. to that first time. Then you locked eyes and he's, shook yeah. hands with him. Yeah. He's six what foot one, by the way. Six, six foot one. Six foot, six one. foot just, one. There you go. Know, but one, one inch taller than me. So when <laughs> <laughs> just need to make it relatable for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> if you're trying to imagine you, Jackman, imagine someone like Nick Helm, but a, one a, inch taller, just an inch taller, taller. Just and an you've got taller, him in yeah. your head. You and not so him. full of Chinese. No. So that's no, that's nice. <laughs> that was that was over a decade ago. It was almost twenty years ago. I ate that Chinese, and to be honest, I didn't know back then, but I was creating excellent content. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. So 20, probably 20, thought it was worth it. At the time year, as well. It was delicious. I'm, uh, do you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about on my way home, get a Chinese takeaway. And then just leaving it by a bench for a couple of hours and then coming back to it. <laughs> just when it's optimum. Go on. Optimum Prime. Optimum Prime. Optimum, optimum Prime Chinese. That's yeah, Amazon, very much. Amazon Prime. <laughs> fucking hell. That's fan uh, club. That <laughs> is fan club. Like, but sorry, you, you when, you, when you lock eyes. Six foot one. Is that a moment, though? Are you going. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. The, because he, because he really looks. At yeah, you. I think that's he really kind soul. of wants you to engage and kind of wants like, hi, I'm Hugh Jackman. Don't you find uh, that offensive in a way? <laughs> like I'm well, looking at you in the eyes right yeah. now, and I'm and I'm moments away from looking away. <laughs> you know, I find eye contact a difficult thing. <sighs> but I think that can be quite powerful. To do with, uh, it, it really is. To do with me. It really is. It, it, you, you instantly warm to him. Okay. Go, yes, you Jackman. Oh, I didn't. I didn't doubt it. I've got. I've got. I think he'd be. Uh, well, I think he came be a out, good one. Came out of nowhere, didn't he? Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Oklahoma, wasn't he? Oklahoma. With, Oklahoma. Ma- with Maureen Lippman, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. You know, like uh, if it wasn't for um, 
John Woo overrunning on Mission That's Impossible right, 2. That's right, of course. With Dougray Scott. Dougray mm-hmm. Scott, wasn't it? What's it? Dougray or Dougray? I don't know. So Either. Mission... Dougray Scott, or Dougray Scott, Dougray Scott, uh, was Wolverine. Mm. Uh, and he was filming Mission Impossible 2. And then he was off to do X-Men. Yeah. And Mission Impossible 2 overrun. M-I-I-I. So he couldn't do both. Mm. And so Hugh Jackman, they were already like three four weeks into filming X-Men and he didn't have a Wolverine cast Hugh Jackman came along and did it he just walked in and then he walked off with the film and the franchise and he's everyone's favourite extraordinary but I mean he was in Oklahoma and someone said oh you should get Hugh Jackman to do it and they were like really he's singing and dancing and they wanted him to be and he just came along and he did it but it was almost Duke Scott wow I mean fucking hell Mission Impossible 2 Mm. The best bits in that are stolen from Darkman. <laughs> Must be a funny thing being Do Grey Scott watching. <laughs> yeah. You, Jackman. Well, you just wouldn't. No. Just you'd go, never. You wouldn't be Ooh, able to. You know. Who wants to watch, you know, Australia? No, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. No, no interest. No, no. I mean, I didn't have any interest anyway in Australia. <laughs> it's, it's hard going. It's a good. This is it's 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 Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a good film. No. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> but, but not all of his films are. No, it's a surprise, really. <laughs> um, uh, what was the name of the, what was the, uh, this? Is Jinzy? Yeah, it's not that though, is it? Was it called that? This is Jinzy. Jinzy. Yeah. What was mm. that like? That was great. Insane. Really insane. I'd never heard of it. And then um, you know, like when you do a thing with a production company, was it Baby Cow? Who, who was it? I ended up, somebody sent me like a huge, oh, it was um, Two Entertain, was the DVD company. Yeah. Sent me like a load of DVDs and it's sort of like on a pile of stuff. Mm. And then I, d- I never heard of it and then I watched it and it's fucking mental. It is mental. Have you ever seen no, it? I've, I've not seen it. I was aware of it coming out. And I looked up who the guys that wrote it and they mm. sort of came from nowhere. Mm. Yeah. They, they didn't have like a background in like doing lots of comedy and no, I think, I think they did a lot of a lot of music, a lot of music videos, and that was their kind of way in. And I think it was Champion at the BBC for a while, and then the commissioner moved to Sky and then took it with her and said, "Yeah, yeah, we want to do Sky we want to do this and we'll do it, put it on Sky Atlantic." Yeah, that's kind of how it how it birthed, but it was very strange. Great fun. I mean, it was, again, brilliant people. Jeff again, Jeff McGiven was in it. Alice Lowe was in it. Um, so it was a you know a really good cast and insane. It was kind of done in like a strange language as well. So everything was kind of slightly nadsatty, you know, back to Kubrick again. It's like that slightly hybridized odd, oddness to it. But because the two guys come from the Channel Islands, they were saying a lot of this is actually based on reality. So for instance, there was one episode about like an arrow of truth or something, and someone fires this arrow into this field of sheep or something. And said, well, no, this is actually based. On reality, because I think in Sark or Guernsey or something like that, that if someone sees a building going on and feels this should not be here, if they drop to a knee and recite the Lord's Prayer three times, <laughs> legally they have to stop. They have to stop and listen to the, the aggrieved uh, complainant. And uh, so building work has to stop. So those kind of really bizarre, weird little... Yeah. Intricacies of Where did British it's three law. Times it's got to be three times, like Candyman. Well, that's almost, five, but yeah. <laughs> but then it'd be almost like they're not taking them seriously enough. Absolutely. After the first be. one, they go, "Well, let's see how this goes. Mm. Let's yes. see it plays out. Is he going to do it again? 
Beetlejuice. Probably not. He won't do that again for a third time. Beetlejuice. He goes for it. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Beetlejuice is three. That's yeah. three. Beetlejuice is three. Candyman. Is, I thought five. Candyman was three. No, it's five. five. Is it really? Mm. Oh, thank God. That's why he hasn't been turning up. <laughs> You've just been hitting <laughs> three. <laughs> there you go. He's still coming, Nick. Don't worry. You just. They're remaking it, aren't they? No, it's a, it's, well, I think it's more like a sequel-y one. I, I love Tony Todd. I love Candyman. Candyman is film. such a fucking scary film. Mm. Sorry. Mm. You weren't in it. I was not in it. But what, I'm a massive Clive Barker fan. What do you think of Candyman? I loved loved the original. Mm-hmm. Interesting to see what they do yeah. with this. Jordan Peele, isn't it? It's a very good fit for him. It? Because it's, um, it's all about, even the, the film, is it's all about gentrification, isn't it? It's that kind mm. of um, mm. going into a very poor neighbourhood. But it was originally set yeah. in Liverpool, wasn't it? Yeah. I think and, it was, yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, Virginia Madsen. Do you know who she's the sister of? Michael Madsen. Michael yeah. Madsen. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I don't know. How Is did it? they both get into the same? How did they both get into the same industry? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like Eric Roberts and Julia Roberts. How did that happen? It's kind of like. Huh. Anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to both stare at me in silence and let me do all that. To be honest, I thought I'd coast on the fun facts of uh, Virginia Madsen. Virginia. I thought Madsen that was what me. I think of when I think of Virginia Madsen, though. Okay, was Michael Madsen's sister? Yeah. Oh, I think she's her own thing. I think yeah, of well, her she is in her wonderful, own right, of course. wonderful mm. performance in Candyman and Sideways. Of course. Wonderful actor, Virginia Madsen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like when you go Chris Penn and Sean Penn are brothers. You know, you've got the Arquette trilogy. Exactly. Well, you, so. well, yeah, you've got Rosanna. Yeah. Uh, Patricia. 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 Uh, David. David and uh, Alexis. Alexis Arquette, of course. The quadrilogy. The quadrilogy, if you will. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, there's four of them. Uh, who else is there that's got loads of people? Loads what's, of brothers and what's sisters. What's that film? What's that film? It's, uh, what's his name? He did, did Southern Comfort. W- Walter Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he did that cowboy film. Oh, Long Riders, you're the thinking Long of. Long Riders. And it's got all the Carradines mm. in it. The Carradines, the Keaches. All the Keaches in it. It's got... Uh, who's the other family? Uh... Uh, both of the Quades. The Quades, that's right. Oh, the Quades. It's kind of like, yeah. so it's about a big family of cowboys yeah. and they just cast families. It's pretty cool. It's good. Check it out. I will. <laughs> <laughs> you, right, yeah, but, um, sorry, this is Jintzy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Check that yeah. out as well, guys. <laughs> do, do it. Why not? <laughs> Keep getting distracted. You're very distracted. So I'm really enjoying this one today. So it's am really, I. It's really fun. So I hope you're enjoying yourself. Um, uh, so uh, I don't, I, normally it's an absolute bore, isn't it? Uh, but this one's great. It's a play. It's a real <laughs> pain in the ass. Um, uh, what's this? Uh, you're in Paddington Bear as well. Yes. Uh, the film, not yeah. the bear. Um, <laughs> not, not the suit. <laughs> that was that was originally Colin Firth, wasn't it? Mm. And then, oh, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, he did, he was the original Paddington Bear voice, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, but then it was. Um, Ben Whishaw. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. He's really good. He is. He's really good in um, David Coffield. Which is a wonderful film. I loved that. I thought he was Mm. great. The whole thing was really good. I liked it. Did you see Emma? No. It's a great fucking movie. It's great. Highly recommended. Really? Highly recommended. I would say in the battle of the three, Little Women, David Coffield and Emma. Really? Emma Emma kicks the shit. In that order? No. 
Oh. Uh, almost reverse order. <laughs> Emma, just have to turn the hand round. That's it. Yeah, I've got it. <laughs> Emma, Emma, Emma is the best. Uh, I, I think but, I'd agree. Um, yeah, I think I'd agree. David, David Copperfield was very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, oh, if you're okay. only going to watch, I only allow myself to watch one period film a year. No, so you're a big fan of the BMX Bandits. Yeah, I am. So that's got uh, Nicole Kidman in it. It has. I think it was like her first, her first role or her first big role. I haven't seen BMX Bandits in a long time. Oh, I do remember one of them was called Mongoose. That's Isn't right. It? Yeah, Goose. 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 Yes, <laughs> that's right. And I think I tried to model myself for many a, many a year after that, which is difficult <laughs> when you're looking at kind of very art house, low budget Australian, <laughs> Australian kids films in a village in Bedfordshire. <laughs> it's not really the thing that other people are going to go, oh my God, yeah, I like that too. Got no one, you're on your own riding a BMX going, I'm Goose. Okay, <laughs> okay he's odd. But you love it. I do, I love it. In fact, there was, there's this film and one called Frog Dreaming, mm. which I, because basically, because I grew up in a village, the only way you could like, get a video was a guy would come round with a suitcase of VHSs <laughs> and he would just kind of open, open up this and say, what would you like to watch? And it had like a, a few kids' films, which were always Australian films for some, I have no idea oh, wow. how or whether they were bootlegged or whatever. And then a couple of others, you know, like Moonlighting and you know, more adult films. And so I kind of, really got quite addicted to this Australian kids uh, films. So, yeah, Frog Dreaming, which is brilliant. What's, it's like what's based, that about? It's based on, like, an, uh, a kid moves out of Sydney um, because he's, like, his parents are getting divorced, and he moves to the outback, and it's uh, the, uh, the guy that plays Elliot in E.T. So it's him, he's Henry the lead... Thomas. Henry Thomas. He's the lead character in it. And... Um, <laughs> such we're such losers. <laughs> He was in Legends of the Fall as well. <laughs> <laughs> so he moves, he moves to the outback and uh, is, it, it then turns into, uh, based around loads of Aboriginal myth. The idea of the Aboriginal myth, Aboriginal myth of, the fog of the frog dreaming is that uh, there is a, like a bunyip character that lives in a billabong and can be raised up for certain things or if someone's in trouble or things like that. There's, there are things to help the village, that kind of thing. And I was just absolutely enthralled. I'd never seen anything quite like it because it was real folk horror. And obviously, kind of growing up, late 70s, early 80s, that was a lot of kids, early kids TV, was that slightly folk horror yes, slightly yes. mysterious odd, oddness, like Shadows was on, which was a very strange series and very episodic. Um, and you had like Children of the Stones. Do you remember and all Moondial? I do remember Moondial, yes. That was fucking terrifying. Yeah, that was terrifying. absolutely terrifying. Absolutely fucking yeah, fucked up yeah. and terrifying. A box of Delights and... Um, box of yeah, fucking yeah. Delights. And there was another one Fuck called... Fuck me. The Narnia. Fucking Narnia, hell. terrifying. And the, <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember one called The Wolves of Willoughby Chase? Yeah. Which had Mel Smith in it? Mel Smith. Mel Smith. Fucking hell. Yeah. Can't terrifying. Can't that kid's show. Absolutely <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> it was fucking terrifying. <laughs> no, it was. It was fucking... They were all... Yeah, fucking weird. And there was sort of like... But even like there was some Doctor Who episodes with Peter Davison that I had nightmares about one with a green baby yeah. in a cabbage patch or something and fucking oh god and then there was also the lighter stuff like Round the Twist and Eerie Indiana yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that was more American have you seen have you seen Round the Twist was, was Australian, Australian. Australian. that's Australian again. Um, have you seen the documentary Not Quite Hollywood is that what it is yes I have it's great isn't it yeah really good that's really, about really good. the Australian um, mm. 
what do you call it? The Australian Indie Ausplo- scene. Ausploitation. Ausploitation. Yeah. And that's, it's, I can't remember the name of the director. It's a guy who did BMX Bandits, also did lots of the very mm. violent. Uh, mm. Yes. It's the same guy. We're getting showered. Oh, We've got to do a game. But this has flown by. Oh. Hang on. We've got to do the game now. This is a game called Better or Worse. Oh, my God. And what you have to do is say whether the next person is better or worse than the previous one based entirely on my own opinion. <laughs> Beginning with Gary Oldman. It's a high card. Gary Oldman. Yeah, James very high. Franco, better or worse than Gary Oldman worse. based on my worse. opinion. Worse. 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 James Earl Jones, better or worse than James Franco. Better. 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 Mm. Yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones, better or worse than James Earl Jones? Worse. 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 Mike Myers, better or worse than Catherine Zeta-Jones? Better. 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 Mm. Channing Tatum, better or worse than Mike Myers? Better. Worse. 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 Steve Coogan, better or worse than Channing Tatum? (laughs) Better. 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 Steve Goodenberg, better or worse than Steve Coogan? Worse. Oh, I'm going to go better. Fuck off. Worse. Come Gutenberg. on. Gutenberg is a wonder of an actor. Gutenberg? <laughs> Absolutely my opinion. wonder. That's my opinion. Oh, I love the Gutenberg. It could be, still be a high card. Could be. Steve Martin, better or worse than better. Steve Gutenberg? Better. Oh, better. 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 Come on. Don't Steve yeah, Carell, yourself. better or worse than Steve Martin? <laughs> uh, worse. Uh, worse, yeah, worse. worse. Steve Buscemi, better or worse than Steve Carell? Uh, better. 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 Well, that's a high score. Nine, is it? Yeah. Nine! It's a nine! Oh. This is... Fucking hell, so you scored nine, which is equally top with Tom Crowley, Reese James, Marshall Julius, and Romish Ranganathan, and you are better than Oh My Boy, <laughs> Paul Gallon, Nick DeSemian, Naomi McDonald, Dan Shriver, Jasmine Therese with eight, Kevin Allison, Joe Costa, Alistair Green, Lloyd Griffith, Max Halley, Harriet Kempsey, Kim Newman, Morgan McLean, Juliet Sear, The Last Skeptic, David Trent, Toby Williams, Mark Watson with seven, Bronte Barbie, Jay Foreman, Will Jackson, Ginger Johnson with six, and Josh Barrow, an original flavour with five all the way mm. at the back there. You're better than all of them. All of them. Better. Everyone is worse than you. <laughs> That's incredible. You did a really good job there, but it's a bit annoying that you did fuck it up there with uh, Steve Gutenberg. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, fucking hell. I was sidetracked. I love Gutenberg. What's your favourite Steve Gutenberg film? Police Academy, the original. The original, original. brilliant. Not afraid yeah. to put breasts on film. <laughs> <laughs> Not like the lesser sequels. All PGs versus fifteen. Yeah, he turned down the main part in Big uh, to do. Three Men and a Little Lady. Really? The film, not the things. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, what what decision? He's not in that film. That is ridiculous. He spends most of the time in a traffic jam, stuck behind some sheep, playing second fiddle to bloody (laughs) Danson. Is it Danson or Selick that he's in the... Uh, who is it? That's the big storyline. Selick's got Selleck, the big storyline, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Fiona Shaw is in it as well, isn't she? Yeah. Absolutely okay. atrocious yeah. film. Yeah. Even back then, I felt like it was racist towards British people. <laughs> <laughs> Outlander, give us a quick plug for Outlander. Uh, Outlander on Amazon Prime now. We're up to episode three, and it's on in the UK now on Amazon Prime. What's your other thing on Amazon Prime called? Uh, the Jewish Inquirer, the which Jewish starts Inquirer. today on today. Amazon Prime. Is that a comedy? Comedy. Comedy, yeah. comedy. Good. He's been a wonderful guest, Tim. Thank brilliant. you. I, well, I, could have, I could have carried on doing this for hours. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, well, are you going to say the same thing? Yes, yes, I am. Don't, don't end it on. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to leave with uh, your favourite song of all time. 
I wish we had something else lined up. Um, uh, what's it called? Rubber Band. Uh, yeah, that's right. Rubber Band. By the Watersons. Well done. Oof. I'm the leader, I'm the leader of the Rubber Band. You've been listening to a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com.